Hey, thanks for joining us here on the House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. When you come, you want to come being ready for the word. The reason the church isn't hungry for what God wants to do is because it's full of everything the devil wants to do. Let's talk. You, you can be full of lies. You can be full of sin. You can be full of uh, uh, regret. You can be full of shame. You can be full of anger. You can be full of revenge. You can be full of all of that stuff. And here's the deal. God is so awesome that he'll meet you right where you are and begin to penetrate and begin to move. Come on. And begin to, 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 to heal and reveal things in your life. But the goal isn't that I come to church every Sunday hard. Like the goal isn't that I make God work out every Sunday because there are some things I'm just not going to do. When we begin to take the posture of he's the teacher, I'm the student. He knows what's best and I am learning to digest new meals. Think about when you were um, young and your parents would want you to eat the broccoli. And you were like, does it taste like candy? I know it's green. Is it like a Skittle? Or is it like an M&M? And your mother's like, it's like a tree. Eat this bush. (laughs) The idea is that your diet should be changing in order for you to become spiritually mature. Now, there's a lot of people that think they're mature, but it's subjective maturity. The Bible calls us to biblical maturity. In other words, like God has maturity for all of us, but we are going to have to reject immature thoughts to step into maturity. Come on, everybody say maturity. 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 Everybody wants it. We can tell when people don't walk in it, but somehow it's hard to define when you have it and when you don't have it. And, I mean, think about it in school when you were um, a child, immaturity was just blurting out the answer. And so you had to learn to stop and raise your hand. And when at the appropriate time the teacher wanted to call on you, she would recognize your hand and then she would allow you to communicate, right? As an adult, if every time you try to talk, you raise your hand, people can be like, bro, you're weird. There, that is actually a sign of immaturity. And so maturity is now where you begin to have the social skills to recognize when to speak and when not to speak. And so our world is full of this subjective maturity. Let's think about food again. As a child, uh, immaturity immaturity is only wanting to eat what you want. 
a child, teaching them how to eat, being grateful for what is presented to them, and finishing, come on, their plate would be a sign of maturity. But as an adult, uh, maturity is knowing what to eat, what your body actually needs. It's cooking it. It's preparing it. It's only eating until you're full. Come on, somebody. It's cleaning the dishes after you're done. Someone say maturity. Do not nudge anybody in this church. Come on. Every year, I want to be more spiritually mature than I was last year. I want to learn lessons, not repeat lessons. I don't want to be the children of Israel going around the mountain again, praying that God will change it, but really, in my own heart, my position is prideful. And so I am expecting God to just give me good things, but I never want to change the posture of my pride that actually puts me in position to receive, come on somebody, good things. Maturity. Maturity. I would like to submit to you today that spiritual maturity is necessary for you to complete your mission. Now, here's the thing. If you believe that you're just navigating life and you have no mission, then there's no real, real need for you to mature. But if you actually believe that my life is valuable, meaningful, and there is something for me to accomplish, then now I have an expectation. If you have digested the fact that we have all come from random things and something happened billions of years ago which called cells to collide and evolution to happen and, and you're all an accident anyway, then why do you have to mature? You're just lucky to be here. But then if I begin to flip the script and realize that there is a God and he does create and he doesn't waste anything and he is a God of use, then I am here for a reason. And if I'm here for a reason, then the goal is to mature and to, be, to begin to grow up. Come on, hear what I'm saying. We know that maturity isn't acquired by age. Come on, help me. Uh, we've all seen it. Older adults act childish and like younger people communicate and act in such a way that, man, wow, you are mature. Um, maturity isn't equivalent to success because we know that there are people that amass great success but power and money and, and um, you know, uh, uh, access changes their demeanor and now all of a sudden... Uh, and they're acting in the most immature way. We know that maturity isn't just present because someone develops the ability to have intellect and they're now an intellectual and, and I have changed my speech and I now look at the thesaurus every day and I, I learn new words and I, I, I can uh, communicate in such a way that I impress you with what I've read. Oh, you're so mature. But we have a world full of doctors and people who have degrees by their name that are so confused by simple biology and so confused by simple life that I'm like, you went to school that long and you don't know. My assignment today is this, the maturity factor. There is a maturity factor in the body of Christ that you should be coming and listen 
when, and there's reasons why we do everything that we do. We have a shallow end and we have a deep end. And there are some times that we're going to go deep. And there are some times that we're going to go shallow. Just like as a parent, if you try to teach every concept to your child every day that they're around, they're going to hate your home. Because they're going to interpret every lesson as not being good enough. There's got to be times when it's just fun and we're busting out the popcorn and we're high-fiving and everybody's glad to be here and we're grateful and thankful for what God is doing. Come on. But then when we as Christians become so cavalier, hey, 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 you're in my seat. You parked in my parking spot. I'm offended at you. You looked at me weird from across the hallway. I, I didn't know that you wore contacts, but I am assuming you hate me. <laughs> like, you gotta mature. You gotta grow up. You need some lessons. You need to face some things that, that maybe all of the things that you're going through right now isn't everybody else and maybe it's not come on every other person and it's not my wife and it's not my husband and it's not my church it's not my friendship it's not my boss it's not my like maybe 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 it's me maybe I need to humble myself so that God can begin to transform my thinking and my posture and I can mature a little bit come on help me y'all I'm preaching better than you're in it Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. And I'm, I'm not going to be able to finish today, so you're going to have to come back. Next week will be a whole lot better. But, um, but Philippians chapter 3, Paul begins to turn and challenge the body of Christ. This is maturity. Maturity is not just gray hair. Maturity is actually what you decide to digest and then you make decisions on what I'm going to eat and what I'm not going to eat and what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do and what's beneficial based on what God's assignment on my life and what do I crave. And I turn down what I crave and I begin to move that into I want him. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already attained this or that I'm already perfect, Paul don't get it twisted, y'all. Just because I'm writing to you, just because I have some intellect, just because I have some skills with the pen, just because I've been around the block a little bit, let me, let me come to you straight. Come on, let, church. Just because I got a suit on, just because I got some nice jeans, just because whatever hair I have left is combed to the side, I don't need you to put any of our pastors on a pedestal because I haven't attained it yet. What is he talking about? It's a further discussion on the fact that my goal is to be like Jesus. My goal, come on somebody, is to be like Jesus. My goal is to be like Jesus. Not that I've already obtained this or that I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me, come on somebody, his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, come on, stay there for a second, just breathe. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead there is actually a lot of maturity in this context. 
Paul is giving us so much truth because he's saying the goal is to become like Jesus. It's not my success. It's not my fame. It's not my church planning. It's not the fact that people read my letters. People read my letters. You know what I mean? Okay, it's, it's not any of that. Because he's saying... I need the church to know I haven't obtained my goal yet. There's still some stuff in me that's got to heal. There's still some stuff in me that I need to give and give over to the Lord. I still have some fleshly responses. I still have some past triggers. I still have areas that I battle. We read about the thorn in Paul's flesh, and we can all try to describe what that is, but I just need you to know a man who wrote 13 letters and helped build and organize the church was not free of thorns. And so if your theology can get you where you're free of thorns, then actually your theology is very weak, and it it will require you to build no character. Paul teaches us that there is buffering. I press on, meaning I get back up when I fail. I, I, I repent when I hurt someone. I have a goal. The goal is to be like Jesus. He is my model. Come on, we already talked about that. If we are not careful, our motives will move us away from what matters most. It is vital to understand that Jesus has made you his own. I'm about to come for all the insecure people in the room. Some of you are waiting for your father to call you and apologize. Some of you are waiting for your mother to say, I'm sorry for how um, attacking and critical I was. Some of you are waiting for your ex-husband to, and I just need to pause for a second. Because if you can get what I'm about to tell you, it will set you free. Jesus suffered and died so that you could be his He endured pain so that he would gain you, that you would be his. Jesus paid this price, and that means that you were wanted, valued, loved. You're enough. Come on. You're not a problem to be fixed, but you're a son and daughter of God that's going to grow up into the likeness of the Father. Come on, y'all got to work with me now. He covers your lack. Repentance and salvation puts you on the team. And this type of thinking moves you from a victim to a victor. This is the thought that the world is missing. This is why we cancel everybody. My father was this. My mother was this. My government is this. My pastor was this. My whatever. Because we love to institutionalize those that brought pain into our life. But the mature factor says we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And the truth of the matter is as long as I'm around fleshly people, there is going to be a distribution of hurt because if you don't heal, you will give what was given to you I'm not minimizing everything in our culture slavery not allowing women to vote issues issues pastors who build their own kingdoms and hurt people. 
But right now, I mean, we just watched the movie, The Sound of Freedom, and, and like well, the, the number one slave trade that, right, that is right now is, is children. They're the victims right now. So what do we do in the next 30 or 40 years? We have to teach the fact that the world without God will make you and hurt you and make you a victim. But because of God and his extravagant love for you, you can be healed. Come on, hear what I'm saying. This type of thinking will change your whole life. It will bring you into some spiritual maturity. And I've got five ways that mature Christians keep their joy and confidence in the midst of living life. I'm only going to give you two today because if I go five, you're going to be sleeping on me. Here's the first one. You're going to have to forget, Paul tells us, what lies behind. What lies behind. Come on. Let's go scary movie. What's in the closet? What's in your closet? What, what's in your head? What are you talking about? What are you thinking about? What are you, what are you, what are you rehearsing? What's, what's in, success or failure, good or bad? Paul says, listen, y'all, I've done some crazy things. Man, I have blown this thing up. I've gone on missionary journeys. I've started churches. I've, I've corrected people. I've done some incredible things for God. But then I've also, like, messed it up. Like, there have been people that have died. I have been responsible for taking lives of people. You want to cancel someone? Think about, there were a few people that didn't show up at Paul's revival meeting. Every wife of the husband, he... And I don't care who you are. There are things that you've done, things that you've said ways that you've acted, attitudes that you've walked in, sin that you've digested. There are things that keep you at night. And here's the deal. There used to be a song that we would sing that there is no condemnation, come on, in Christ Jesus. And if you don't get this, then you will come to church. I was going to my chair. Falling asleep. Mad that nobody invited me over. Mad that nobody talked to me. Mad that nobody. You smell like victim. And I'm not, I am not diminishing the pain. But I am saying that Christ is the answer because of it. I used to coach track. And uh, I know... I kind of, this kind of fools you, but um, I, I, I used to coach track, and um, and there was actually a lot of factors that went into coaching track. It was diet, conditioning, mental focus. I mean, speed. I mean, you had to be fast. Uh, stamina, transitions. But you could, as a as a runner, listen. You could do all of that. But if when you were running, you looked back then it would take all of your potential that you've been working on and it would divide your energy and it would divide your focus. And I'm asking you as the body of Christ, what is dividing your 
focus. My goal is to be like Jesus, but it's to commemorate all the hurt that's been in my life. My goal is to be like Jesus, but you know what? I'm aggravated, frustrated, and irritated at all the people in my life. My goal is to be like Jesus, but my boss won't see me and give me a chance. Uh, my goal is to be like Jesus. Well, the reality is, if we play the percentage game, do you've, you've been at church for like 15 years and you're operating on 30% of focus. That ain't your preacher's problem. Don't divide your focus. Don't, don't be fixated on Paul saying on what's behind you. And some of you, what's behind you is success. You were in a youth group. You did ministry. You did this. You started a church. You did some incredible things for God. And the whole time now you're kind of in this void of like identity. And so you keep looking back and God's like, yo, Or some of you, you've, what makes you look back is wrongs and sins and past mistakes and hurts and failures, missed opportunities. Paul doesn't allow his past to dominate his purpose. He is showing us real maturity. Real maturity is I move on. Real maturity is I look forward. Real maturity is I don't, I don't look back. And I get it. Each of us have been shaped by our past. There are real present hurdles because of past brokenness, okay? And some of you, you might be frustrated in your faith because you're like, I am trying to heal. I am trying to be a, a full temple of the Holy Ghost that, that like overcomes all of these things. But, but there are these hurdles in my life. And I am saying to you that there are times in the presence of God that that can be healed and removed. And then there are times that God wants to develop your character because I think pain sometimes is the precursor to change how you communicate to other people. You hear what I'm saying? And so if God removes all struggle from you, then actually, here's the deal, you lose the recipe on how to help somebody else. There are some things that can happen immediately and supernatural. And there are some things, come on, that are a process in your life. And, and, and the, what you've done to overcome that area is now supposed to be a testimony to other people. Maturity. We live in a culture that wants you to look backwards and encourages you to like, like go back to the womb and let's talk about all this and let's talk about why and who and what happened. And, and even in my own life, there's been times when I have sat with biblical counselors and I, and I have communicated things going on in my life, not because I wanted to rehearse the past, but I, I, in some way I needed, the, I needed to break down the lesson. You hear what I'm saying? There's a difference between allowing your past to destroy your future and learning from it so that you can move on. Learning from your past allows the accuser for you to go, that's not my flesh, that is the enemy, that is lifeless, and it produces ho hopelessness, and that's not the voice of God. Come on. 
It's immaturity to constantly think about what you can't change. And some of you, you're, you're like in it all the time. Like you, you, you can't change it. And, and you're, you're thinking about it. And, and what it should have, could have, what it should have, could have, what it should have, could have. And God's like, come on. It's immaturity to constantly be thinking about the good things or the bad things. Here's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, come on, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become, say it. Come on, say it like you mean it. Anybody want some new stuff? Anybody want some new wine? Anybody want some new happening in their life? Or you know what? Come on, I, you got to get tired of the old to get the new. I want the new thing, and I'm going to stop looking back all the time in my life. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, remember not the former things. Come on, somebody. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing, and now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers. I can create rivers in the desert. I can bloom stuff where everyone thought it couldn't bloom. I can change anything that people say can't change. Don't, don't digest the doctrine, church. People don't change. They never change. No, 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 no. Believers change. Believers transform. We just sang it today in the first song. My past is gone. And it's like we sing things that we don't really like. My past is gone. My past is gone. My future awaits. What's God going to do? Come on, look, you hear what I'm saying? Don't allow the hurdles of your past to hinder your purpose. Here's the second thing. Strain forward to what lies ahead. Strain forward. Everybody say strain. strain. There is some wrong theology about the fact that, well, if you strain, you're doing it out of the works. All I'm telling you is that Paul said there are days that I strain. In other words, there are days I don't feel like it, but I buffet my body and I make myself do, come on, hear what I'm saying, what I don't want to do. And if you're under a, 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 a thought that says, oh no, I always want to do it, then they've taken out chapter one, two, and three and they've gone to chapter four, five, and six because there used to be a time they didn't always want to do it. And we are walking people through process. So we start at chapter one. And yeah, I love praying now. But when I was kind of looking forward, looking backward, looking forward, looking back, pray, hey, you need to pray. Dang it. Hey, I'm here. What you want to do? Hebrews 12, verse 1. Did, did I read that verse? I read that verse straight ahead. You know where I got that? I'm not making this up. Okay. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, lay, us, lay aside every weight. You will experience weight. What are you doing with the weight? And sin, which clings so closely. It clings. <laughs> Leeches. 
and run with endurance the race that is set before you. You have a race, come on somebody, to run. We are running away from sin. We are running toward God. We are running, come on, to be like Jesus. And and I don't know about you, but I want to have a pure heart. And the reason I want to have a pure heart is because Jesus said it is the pure heart that will see him. We are not to look to the right or left. You are not to fall into comparisons. Stay in your lane. Stop running in other people's lane. You've got a lane to run in. You're in lane six. You're in lane five. You're in lane four. Stop looking around at everybody. Oh my God, your race looks so good. Stay in your lane. Run your race. God has giftings and purposes. Come on, for you. Lean in. I love what Paul says. I, I, I strain forward to what lies ahead. Some of you I just need to talk to a little bit. What you're experiencing now, there's better ahead. There's better ahead. More victory. Come on. More confidence. Not walking in shame. What lies ahead? Over the last six months, my team and I have walked people through, come on, some horrific things. Death, betrayal, divorce, division. And I wish I could tell you that serving Jesus would never bring another hard day into your life. But I can't. And there will be days that you will have to strain forward. There will be days, listen, there are days that I have to strain forward. There are days that my wife has to strain forward. There's days that my staff have to strain forward. And maturity is this. I do it even when I don't always feel it. I obey even though sometimes I lack the motivation to obey. I come to church not because it's everything I want, but I come to church because I am spiritually mature and I'm smart enough to know that sometimes I can't self-subscribe to what God wants to give me. And I can't hear what I'm not present for. Come on. You don't know what lies ahead. God is doing something. He's bringing something. You have no idea the opportunities that are developing right before you. You have no idea the people he's going to take out of your life and bring into your life. Come on. We are on a kingdom adventure. Christians shouldn't be like, God's boring. You don't know him. You know church. You know religion. But you don't know him because there ain't no way that you can say God is boring because God's always stirring. God's always revealing. God's always healing. There are moments when he convicts us and, and we go in and I'm like, I got to pray right now. And then there's moments where he stirs us where I'm going to. And so if, if that is not boring. The Bible tells us that he's a good father and he has good gifts for his children and there is victory and purpose. Come on, and influence ahead of you. There are spiritual gifts, come on, that the body of Christ needs and you have to keep running. Nathan, go ahead and come out. I want to talk and end today. For us to spiritually mature, come, come back next week, we'll give you the other three. But for us to spiritually mature, we're going to have to let go of some stuff. And you, you don't want to be the Christian 
pole. <laughs> what are you looking back? And here's what I would tell you this. If what you are looking back at is more real than what God wants to give you, then actually, here's the thing. You need to search your heart because you may be in idolatry thinking that what has happened to me is more important than what God can do in me. What has happened to me? The people who ignored me, the people who put me down, abuse, what, whatever it is, I'm not, I'm not making it small. The people who left me, the people who abandoned me, the people who rejected me. I am not saying that it's not emotional. I am saying that you have to get to the place where you are so excited about what God has for you that the strongest voice in your life says, keep coming, keep coming. Come on, I see you. I know you're struggling. I know there's a hurdle. Keep coming. It's all right. Yeah, you lost it. You got mad. You got angry. You went back. But come on, listen. A uh, uh, young man stumble and fall, but a righteous man gets up seven times. Come on, let's go. And if you wanted to ask me what is the number one reason that people do not gauge, engage in church, open their home, lead a life group, it's because most people, 65% of the people that come to church feel like that, that there's so much shame in their life because of what they did that they are unqualified to do. I mean, if you knew how I kicked it last weekend, <laughs> you would have you started the prayer line early. <laughs> If you would have known how I lost it, and I didn't mean to throw that plate. I feel real bad about it. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I am not saying that you stay there, and we are not a church. Come on, let hear me. That will be sympathetic with your lack of development. But we are people who understand grace. And you're going to have to go. And you're going to have to find something more valuable here than the echoes of your past. And so here's the thing. I believe there are some people here that you have been struggling with forgetting. And Paul says you, you can't mature if you don't forget your past. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. How can I forget it? It marked me. Because Jesus wants to mark you. And if he marks you, that is something that you can be like, Whoa, that was way better. That was way better. Way better. And so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to take a moment. Will you bring down the lights? Man, y'all can go ahead and come out. And I'm just asking you to just take a moment. Come on and begin to pray. And if, you're, if we're going to be honest, some of you are looking back way too much. A conversation, the fact that you have maybe a wayward child and, and you've been beating yourself up for 15 years. See, this is the thing that you have to digest because if you don't get this, you'll be religious. If you don't get this concept, when people walk in that are broken, you will judge them because you don't know the grace that's been on your own life. How many, come on, can we just have a minute real quick? Come on, look at me. I know I said prayer and then not, I'm jerking the wheel. But how many of you should have been caught, but you weren't? How many would be totally embarrassed if your whole life began to play on that screen?
This is what Jesus does. I'm forgetting this and I'm moving here. Don't be religious. Don't fake like you have a great marriage and y'all ain't even been having sex for seven years. Everybody plays. We got to get focused. Come on, look at me on Jesus, the right, author and finisher of our faith, who gives every good things, who heals, and, and, and he's the focus. And we may have to learn some things, but we're not staying captive, being pulled back into dark. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Okay. So I believe there are some people here, that, two, type, two groups of people. You are either in your past and it's time to forget it and move on. Well, how? You have to humble yourself and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I release what people have done to me and I release what they owe me and I give it all up. The good things and the hard things. And the second ones of you, maybe you're not in the past, but you're just... Stagnant. Come on, we need to turn on some air. I'm getting hot up in here. You're stagnant. And you're just, there, there's been prophecy over you and things over you from a young age. And, 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 I, and you've been in compromising situations. And you're the only one convicted because you know you've been marked. And there's something for you. And you've stopped straining because it's too hard. It's too this. It's too this. And God's like, hey. I got good gifts to my kids and I'm only give things to the people I trust and you got to keep coming. So, you got to stand up with me. Come on, we're just going to pray for a little bit. Father, we thank you that you move in churches. And Father, right now, we're no longer worried about what's going to happen in the next five minutes or our pot roast, or trying to eat at Cane's. I believe there's some people here that it's time for you to forget what lies behind. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.